Look, love never changes face. Uh, all you have to do is just give it in large doses. And uh, it's interesting how infectious it becomes. And that's all the world needs uh, right now. I hear someone saying, but we can't all be loving. Just try it. And uh, that's Elise. Uh, love is the title of the song. And now we're having a conversation. Every week uh, we focus on uh, disability-related issues. And uh, we're talking right now about South Africa's new higher education disability policy. How comprehensive is this policy? And joining us on the line is Dr. Uh, Cindy. Lengubane Mukiwa, who's an associate professor at University of South Africa. Good afternoon and welcome, Dr. Mukiwa. Good afternoon, Chrisalda and the listeners. And uh, I mean, for us, it's very important that we focus on issues that affect um, people with different abilities and, uh, you know, reflect on uh, where we can bring about meaningful change and obviously not doing this without their involvement. And thank you for taking our call. Uh, Let's talk about this policy. What is the value of this particular policy for the sector? Um, first, thank you for the opportunity to actually talk about the, the, this matter. Uh, the disability policy uh, is meant to actually widen access and, 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 and facilitate the accommodation of uh, students with disabilities mm-hmm. in, in higher education. So the, the, educa- the, the policy itself is welcomed. Um, I, I think in, in the whole of Africa, we, we are the first country that have such a policy. Yeah. Yes, so it's it's very important that uh, we have the policy itself. Now, most countries would favour um, general policies, and that's I'm, I'm sure is what you, you are alluding to, and um, it, it's especially ones that are not specific uh, to issues of of disability. How is this advancing um, issues that affect, especially students with disability? Um, as as we know um, that uh, for 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 for. for for, for, for universities to operate, they need to have a guideline that comes from the Department of Higher Education. Mm. The fact that this policy is there then means that somehow it compels the universities to, to sit back and say, how are we responding to the needs, uh, educational needs of students with disabilities, mm-hmm. specifically in their strategy, in their vision, uh, and, and making sure that they become then part of the of the wider student population. Sure. And, and I mean, do you see this as a means to leading to positive change or is it, um, you know, just shooting pie in the sky? Uh, it is it is positive and that's why I said that we welcome it. Mm. But uh, I think like with any other policy, I mean, as, as a country, we are loaded for for having very excellent policies. Mm. Uh, but what we are actually saying in this particular uh, article, we are saying that we then need to move forward uh, mm. and saying how do we implement um, as much as also we've identified the gaps in the policy itself. Yeah. But um, you and I know that uh, it's, it's very rare that people will talk about matters of disability. So we need to welcome that and then say, how do we work with the, with the, with the Department of Higher Education mm. to ensure the accommodation of uh, students with disabilities? Um, first, even at basic education level, there's very few students that make it in terms of points to get into higher education. Mm. So once mm. there's a policy... 
uh, at higher education level, then you are able to say, uh, in terms of research, because I'm a researcher, we, say, we can then now ask questions like, okay, uh, the department is uh, providing this in, kind of, in, in terms of support. Yeah. Why is it until now we do not enough, we do not have enough people with disabilities as professionals? So you can then use the policy and the gaps that are there mm. to go back and commission research so that you can then come up with interventions to, to promote uh, you know, higher education amongst people with disabilities. Maybe let's speak to some of the gaps that um, you have identified uh, through this article. Uh, what are they and uh, are we going to also uh, you know, challenge uh, business and private sector uh, to be part of a solution-based uh, intervention? Yes. Uh, in fact, I, I, I want to highlight the issue of, you know, policies are good, but uh, they, it's they, just paper. What we call, yes, what we call um, the cost of inclusion. Mm. Yes. Mm. Now, when you, when you are you are trying to make sure that the students with disabilities get their right to education, because this is not a favor. Um, the yeah. country has yeah. a I mean a, a responsibility of educating all its citizens, including people with disabilities. Mm. So the cost of inclusion then uh, it puts it. You can then use this policy to go to uh, the corporate sector uh, and say, uh, you, we have been mandated by the government to say, how can you contribute? Remember, as universities, we have uh, the, the corporate sector as stakeholders in the, pro- in the academic project. Sure. So now we will be able to say, how can you contribute in ensuring that we, we, we then educate the vulnerable in our communities. Mm. Remember when uh, the former president Mpegi said that you know what, uh, you, uh, the, the, the worst of all citizens is those people that do not care, take yeah. care of their vulnerable. Yeah. Yes, and, so and we have to do this. One of the uh, challenges that have grown over the years uh, is any intervention, be it corporate or even country um, mm. specific, that, you know, people with disabilities issues are regarded as a one size fits all. Yes. Yes. And, and that is another gap that is there in the policy in terms of, you know, they, it, 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 it sort of like assumes that uh, people with disability are a homogeneous community. Mm. And yet uh, we, you and I will agree that even when there's two blind people in front of you, they might not need the very same kind of support yeah. when it comes to learning or even working. So I think this policy uh, sort of didn't take that into into. In, 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 into into consideration and also mm. somehow they, it seems to be more top down uh, because when you work with people with disabilities we say nothing about us without, without us yeah so you need to consult them in, in in making sure that whatever solution you are coming with including policies and implementation strategies mm. they are involved because they need to own the process now, Doctor, policy remains a piece of worded document and, yes. and, unless it's applied. Uh, so yes. what sort of monita- monitoring and implementation measures are we going to place and, and, you know, like checks and balances that it doesn't just remain a conversation on a CFM radio? Uh, what, what needs to happen, uh, that, that talks again to the issue of, I wanted to highlight the issue of lack of decentralization mm. uh, in terms of responsibility. Uh, this policy almost assumes that the, the department is going to then carry this initiative on its own. 
Whereas when it comes to uh, empowering people and making sure that they move on, you have to involve them so that at the end of the day, they can monitor it themselves and say, okay, this is our context. I'll give you an example. We, uh, we, we, I'm with UNISA and it's an open distance learning institution. Mm. Now, the, the needs of our students are totally different from the needs of the students in contact universities. Yeah. So therefore, when you draw up the implementation strategy based on this policy, uh, uh, that strategy for University of Venda is going to be totally different from UNISA. And it's going to be totally different from UKZN, which is, you know, a bit advanced in terms of history, you Mm, see. mm. So therefore, we need to get to a point where everybody understands what the policy stands for, and then they can sit down and operationalize the policy and say, what does it mean for us as an institution? And... Uh, then you get all the other stakeholders, the community members, the NGOs, to then be there as the monitoring, uh, you know, mechanism to say mm. we are getting this far. Otherwise, it just remains a paper. But what took us so long? Why the reluctance in providing, especially what is constitutionally the rights of people to be provided uh, services and access and be included? Um, I, I, I know that some people will, will differ with me, but I've said uh, in, in many cases that uh, in South Africa, uh, people with disabilities, including their NPOs, uh, they, they are very smooth and, and very diplomatic in their approach. Mm. Whereas when you look at uh, the developed countries, um, provision of services for people with disabilities is a right. Mm. So as soon as and we say that in our constitution as well. Yes, so people in other countries, they use the constitution to demand for their right to be supported and whatever. So if the the, the institution does not take care of your needs as a student, you are able to to litigate, you are able to sue the university. Mm, mm. Whereas with our students, unfortunately, they they drop, you know, they, they drop out, they complain, they get depressed. So it has taken us long because... I think because of our history, you, you, you know it, uh, people with disabilities are not, have never been prioritized. Mm. And it's high time that they uh, became more serious about their advocacy and look at education as a tool of their own empowerment. So systematically, uh, what are some of the basic things that uh, perhaps we can ch- start with um, to improve access, to improve conversations? Where do we start as, as we conclude this conversation? Uh, uh, what we've, what I'm doing personally is that I do community engagement where uh, we go out there and, and, and interact with the, you know, disabled people South Africa and share the vision to say, you know what, for people with disabilities to be included and to be taken serious, they need also to, you know, to, to get to a level where they are at the same level with other people. Mm. So let's move away from complaining and let's empower ourselves so that uh, if they need somebody, let's say, I've always said it's my dream to have a VC with a disability, yeah. a, a, a vice chancellor, you know. Yeah. Uh, we should have deals that have disability. So we need to engage. And as, as, as you mentioned earlier, we need to be clear about our strategy mm. and track and trace and monitor uh, deliberately so our, 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 our work in, in, in empowering people with disabilities. Otherwise, if we, we just take it as like a by the way, then we won't get anywhere. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Uh, Sindile uh, Ngubane Mokiwa for joining us. 
Thank you very much, Chriselda. And uh, for the SABC, we mandated as your public broadcaster to uh, have conversations that affect you and uh, people with disability are part of that community. And that's where we end this conversation, looking at uh, disability, South Africa's new higher education uh, policy, looking at uh, reflecting on the gaps and uh, you know the positives uh, within the policy. That's where we end our conversation today. Uh, the home run is up next with uh, Sir Ernest Pillay and then Thank you to the team, Lesejo Mangwanya Netabelum Papudi, Sylvester Komani, and Vusani Marole. And have a great afternoon up next, as I did indicate. But let's have uh, the news first.